But when you communicate to them in your own language, yeah. they will grasp the gospel with their two hands. Welcome to the Essentially Translatable Podcast brought to you by Lutheran Bible Translators. My name is Richard Oski. I'm the Chief Operating Officer here at LBT. On December 1st, 2020, Lutheran Bible Translators will celebrate Giving Tuesday 2020 on all of our social media channels and on our website, lbt.org slash givingtuesday. This year we have a goal to raise $45,000 for literacy efforts in the West African nation of Sierra Leone. On today's episode of the podcast, our guest is Pastor John Boondaw, President of the Christ Evangelical Lutheran Church of Sierra Leone and Literacy Coordinator with the Institute of Sierra Leonean Languages. Our conversation with President Boondaw will give you insight into the importance of this critical ministry that we carry out with our partners in Sierra Leone and how the Lord is at work in the -the out-of-the-way, hard-to-reach parts of the world through literacy and putting God's Word directly in the hands of those who need it most. So we are here with the Reverend John Bunda, President of the Christ Evangelical Lutheran Church of Sierra Leone. And we'd like to have our listeners get to know you a little bit. If you could tell us how you got involved in ministry and how you became uh, the president of the church and uh, what motivated you to continue as a literacy coordinator with TISL. Okay, it's a very good question. And I want to greet everyone that is listening to me right now. And uh, to start with, uh, my name is uh, Reverend John K. Buno, a Kishi by tribe and Israelian by nationality. And I was born in this very small village in Buyedo, Kishitongi Chipdom. And I graduated from high school since 1991. Mm-hmm. And I was uh, fortunate to teach in one of our Lutheran schools in Fuyatengia, where Bob Rugner started his ministry. Yes. From there, the war broke out. We cross over to Guinea as refugees. There we are, I met with uh, Reverend Tim Heine, who has been my first mentor into this ministry. He encouraged me, and uh, most of my friends also were encouraged for us to start ministry in Guinea in a foreign land where we do not uh, even know how to speak their language. But uh, we, we actually managed to speak the local language that was the Kisi language that was that is within that area. So in that, I, you know, I enjoyed doing ministry in Guinea. From there, when the war was over, we crossed over to Sierra Leone in my homeland. And uh, there we are, I also get interest in uh, studying and I enrolled in our Coordinating Center for Theological Studies, CCTS, established by Reverend David Lonenberg. And I got through that, I got diploma in uh, training and evangelism, but I could not stop there. I continued to study diploma in Christian ministry under the uh, School of uh, Theology, the, known as Wesleyan or Methodists, and also we continue to work with them. And I study applied theology in that area. Mm-hmm. And after studying applied theology, I came back to my, you know, seminary, and I work with uh, my friends in the seminary there also. Also, uh, I was helped with uh, Dr. Hine to do some training. 
So we got a lot of training with him. And as I'm speaking right now, I'm one of the facilitators in the seminary. Okay. So from there, I, you know, after my seminary education, I look at it that it is good for me to, you know, communicate this idea that I got from the seminary to my people, this mm. training, this good material that I have in the seminary. A big question was in my mind, how can I, you know, communicate some of these ideas to my people? And uh, there was no way to communicate that in English. They cannot understand English. Right. So it is from there I said, well, it is good for me to go back and uh, study my own language, and which I did. I studied the Kishel language, and I was able to read and write my own language. So at that moment, I was like um, Ezra and Nehemiah right. when the people lost their language and, you know, they could not speak their language well or they could not even know how to read and write their language, these were the only people that um, enabled their people to understand God's word. They read God's word to them. And because of that, I grew interest in literacy. So I tried to write some of my letters to the Institute for Children and Languages, which I was accepted as a coordinator. And I trained a lot of people and I'm doing ministry through literacy. And literacy has helped us a lot in the propagation of the gospel to our people in their local language. That's a very big thing that I see that I enjoy doing because literacy has helped a lot mm -hmm. in planting churches in the Kisi area. So far for now, as a background, this is what I will run. And Very good. So what does it mean to be able to read the word of God in your heart language? The need there is... You know, when we only hear the gospel orally, you know, it doesn't all the time re remain in the minds of the people. Mm -hmm. But it will be good if people are able to read God's word in their own mother tongue. You know, they always communicate with God. You will yeah. see that they are always in constant communication with God. Right. It's not that they will not need any other person to you know, be as an immediator. That is a direct communication, direct link. So that is why I look at it that uh, literacy is one of the main tools to reach the gospel to the rural community. And one of the things I would like to talk about is like many people who have graduated from seminary that has higher degree or higher diplomas in theology, mm. you know, they may not like to go to the rural communities like villages. Yeah. So with with this, it is good when people are educated in their own language, they will be able to read and write their language and communicate gospel to their people. And everybody will be able to read. You know, God will communicate to the person while he is reading. He or she is reading God's word. Mm -hmm. But when it is only heard or only spoken, you know, people will tend to forget some of the things that they hear. You know, our minds are not like computers to, to remember everything. But when right. everything is in black and white, you know, it always stick in the minds of the people. Just like what happened. If God's word was not written, Nehemiah and Ezra could not be able to communicate God's word to his people. But it was recorded. So yes. they took what was recorded 
and communicate to people. Right. So the the literacy and the written word then are a key to to connect with the rural uh, societies and to to keep that word of God in front of them. So yes. Some people say that since the, many of those rural communities with the language is only oral or only spoken, that it's a it's an unnecessary barrier to to put the Bible in written form. And then literacy isn't necessary. It's just a barrier. It'd be better to only give uh, a recording of the Bible or in some audio form. How would you respond to that? Yes, um, I can say again in another way that their own thought, uh, which I cannot deny. Mm-hmm. But to me, that is just halfway done. Only halfway done. It's mm-hmm. just halfway done. Mm-hmm. It is not complete. Okay. Because in case the person lost the audio, yeah. In case the person could not get someone to speak the, uh, the, the, the God's word to the person. Sure. So automatically the person is left out. But when you help someone to read and write, yeah. you are enabling him to be able to hear God's word by himself without involving another person. Okay. To me, only audio is not complete. We need to be able to read and write. Okay. So I'd like folks to learn a little bit about how a literacy program works. Can you describe the process of how you handle literacy from the beginning stages to people, the learners passing the program? Yes. uh, Let me just uh, throw light on that so that uh, you will get me clear. You know, to handle literacy, it's not just an easy task. Sure. You know, we are dealing with adults. Right. You know, in literacy... Literacy, we are not only teaching people how to read and write. You know, you need to take some amount of counseling. You need to take some amount of, uh, you know, encouraging people. Yeah. You know, as leaders in our community, it's very difficult to take them through. But with God's help, with patience, through the help of the Holy Spirit, you know, we take time. And every morning or whatever time they stated, to attend the class, the first thing we need to tell them is for to take them to the Word of God yeah. so that they will understand, so that they will be encouraged, so that they will be gingered. Sure. And from there, we begin to teach them how to read their language. And we show them the importance of reading and writing one's own language. And from there, we begin to encourage them one after the other. And one of the things that we do so that we're able to capture their attention. Mm-hmm. Whenever they are busy at the time of their farming season, you know, we slow down the training. When we know that the time of farming, you know, is a little bit uh, relaxed, mm-hmm. then we can engage them. Sure. And they will be happy to come and land. And through this learning, what we do first, we take them to the Word of God, tell them what God says. And through that, they will be willing to say, okay, I want myself to read and see what God is saying, to hear what God is saying. So mm. some of these things help us to take them through. Some, we take them from the preprima. We go to book one, book two, book three, and they graduate. And I want to tell you that I have up to 25 people who are now serving our congregation as Lutheran pastors or lay preachers, I call them. Mm-hmm. Because they are not able to read and write English, but I want to tell you that for now they can read and write their own language, and they 
they, they are able to preach God's word in their own language. They read the Bible fluently. Um, you know, they preach. And this time now we are taking them, the balancing of law and gospel as Lutherans. Okay. And they are doing very well in that. But it takes time. It's not just a deep process. It is a gradual process. It is something that one needs to be a patience with the people sure. or else you will lose them and you will feel somehow tired or boring to learn. But with time, they can do it. Yeah, so I think one of the things that you mentioned that our listeners may not have been aware of is that uh, a lot of the students are adults. They're not children. So for them to give their time for literacy means that it's very important to them. They're taking away time that they could be doing other work or, as you mentioned, farming. And so those have to be attended to as you as you plan the coursework. Yes. How many people have gone through the literacy classes that you have worked on and how long have you been doing this? Well, um, literacy started long ago, but uh, for me, it really, really kicked off in 2012. And from 2012, we can be boasting of uh, graduating up to 75 learners okay. who are able to read and write, both men and women, and not children. And one of the things I noticed that uh, in the U.S., when uh, we are communicating to people that uh, we are teaching adults how to read and write their language, it is clear, it is functional. Uh-huh. Because you can see an adult up to 75, 60, 50, 40, he or she cannot read and write, right. both English and his own local language. And when you look at it, literacy has helped them to even be you know, able to read and write something. So we also eliminate the predominance of uh, illiteracy. So through literacy, it has helped a lot. So the folks you're talking about, you're mainly working in the Kisi language where you've had uh, since 2012 about 75 learners who have graduated from the program and 25 or so of them are uh, working in the Lutheran Church. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. So can you share two or three stories of someone being able to read specific people, how it changed their life? working through the literacy program? Uh, yes. Uh, no. Most time I used to write my report in um, to LBT, I do mention. I have people like uh, Faya Bokari, mm-hmm. who is now assisting me when I'm not in my area. He takes care of the classes. Okay. Faya Bokari, I met Faya Bokari here as a layman, a lay, let me just say, illiterate someone. Okay. That do not know how to read and write. And uh, we established the class. He went through the class. And now, you know, because of that, you know, zeal he has to learn his own language, that also motivated him to read some part of English language. And, and because of that, he was enrolled in one of their seminary. And he went to the seminary and he did well. And now he's an assistant pastor to their congregation. So you see, these are stories that we can tell people. And mm. I have another who is a Matthew Bumbe. The okay. father was a, just a hunter, and he too was just a hunter. In fact, he was not recognized in the society. But uh, through literacy, 
he is now being appointed as our lay leader and also he is serving as the village secretary you know taking note of some of their little little money they can put mm-hmm. um sometime in their you know savings you know so because of that it draw a signal to mo- many people in that area that it is good for someone to learn how to read and write in your own mother tongue so people are responding positively to our training so how has literacy impacted the growth of the christian church in the kisi area and other parts of sierra leone literacy has helped us a lot in growing or in the process of gospel propagation because uh, in our area, we are living far off from the capital city. Many people could not understand God's words. And today, the Casey people, they are doing well. We have churches that are planted through this literacy program. Pastors from other di- different denominations are benefiting. And today, I want to tell you that we have up to... 15 congregations as Lutherans in my area through this literacy. Because many of the pastors that I'm working with are literate in Kisi, not in uh, in English. That is why I was even moved to write a project of uh, translating uh, our liturgy. Mm. And we are working on that. And churches are growing. They are zeros to communicate God's word to people. And a lot of people, we have a lot of people coming to Christ, teaching them, and then they are baptized. Each time we teach them, you will see that people respond by accepting to be baptized. So because of this, both in Sierra Leone and Liberia and Guinea, the Kisi, work is spreading the gospel on a very high uh, velocity, speed velocity. So um, even in Sierra Leone, our local language is helping. Like the Creole, Kono, mm-hmm. you know, most of our people, like in Kono area, do not speak English. They speak Kono. Yeah. So when you go to them and speak English, you know, they will vote against the gospel with their feet. That is to say they will move out. Right. They will look at it that the gospel is in a foreign language. This is not part of their culture. This is not part of our culture. So they will move away. But when you communicate to them in your own language, yep. they will grasp the gospel with their two hands and they will be willing to accept the word of God and walk. This has helped us to build many churches and it is helping us as I'm speaking for us to reach the most remote villages that we are lack of the gospel. That's great. The literacy is the key, again, into those most remote areas and sharing the gospel in the mother tongue where people don't speak more than uh, the local language, uh, certainly not English. You mentioned that that, uh, you are working on a liturgy in some of those languages. What motivated you to do that, and how is that affecting the Christ Evangelical Lutheran Church? You know, we want to maintain the same worship service as it is in the United States as it was before and now. You know, worship is a continuity. 
is the continuity of the past act of God. Okay. So for us to maintain the purity, the uniqueness of our worship pattern, our people need to have it in their own local language. Okay. Immediately, you know, interpretation, as how we call it, comes in. A lot of things, a lot of important ideas will not be communicated. So I look at it as a theological personnel to say, well, for us to have our order of service or divine service accordingly, it needs to be translated in local languages. And since we are now having lay preachers mm. that are literate in their own language, then it is good also for us to teach them our liturgy so that they will also be able to teach others, mm -hmm. to teach their parishioners how the liturgy should go. So because of that, I was motivated and I look at it that it is good if we want to maintain Lutheranism in its purity, we need to translate some of this material into local language. Our people will understand our doctrine. Mm -hmm. Our people will understand how we do things. And they will actually, you know, grasp what we are doing with their two hands because they will actually understand. There is no need of interpretation. There is no need of ambiguity in words. Everything will be understood. They read the word. So because of that, I say, well, it is good for us to translate our liturgy so that we can be on the same standard, the same level, the same understanding with our partners. So that motivated me. I want my people in this country with our partners to be on the same level. Mm -hmm. That there be no difference. So that when people move from here or move from the U.S. and come here, let them see the same pattern. Let them yeah. see the same things. Let us speak the same word and not different words. That is why I say, well, it is good for us to translate our liturgy. Sure. Now, I understand that or you mentioned that there are uh, devotion or Bible studies in the literacy classes as well. So what impact have you seen in that? Have you What insights from God's Word have you learned from literacy participants as they read the Bible in literacy class? Yeah, what I can sometimes see in that is, um, you know, when we are doing literacy, both Christians and non-Christians do come to our class. Mm -hmm. Some are coming to our class to say, okay, I just want to know how to read and write my language. So... We, 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 we organize that as a bit to call them to Christ. And uh, that is why most of our material that uh, we prepare, they are in line with God's word. So our devotion go in line with God's word. We speak God's word to them. Mm -hmm. And we give them our portions of Bible to read. And because of that, I want to tell you that some non-Christians have become Christians. Some non-Christians have been become people that are very zealous to do God's work. We have many of them in our area, mm -hmm. and many people are, you know, reading God's world to transform lives of people. By the time someone reads God's world, the Holy Spirit will walk in the minds of the person to transform the person. 
you know, to bring the person to Christ and keep the person on the true faith. So that is how we use our devotion. Our devotion is to help people to understand Christ. But we don't bring it directly, but indirectly in devotions. As we say, okay, let's read social portion. And then the mm-hmm. person will read. Can you please read this? The person will read. And okay. through that, you will see that the person will have interest to read more. Mm-hmm. And as you read more, God's word, it transforms your life. So automatically, the person will become a Christian. God's word is living and active and accomplishes that which he sends it for. So obviously, the word of God is important to you. Tell us about the role of God's word in your life. Yes, um, the role of God's word in my life is one, I will call it as uh, it, it transforms my life daily. You know, it helps me to understand God's world, and it helps me, as I say, to transform my life, to keep me in the true faith, you know, and also through that, I'll be able to communicate that to my people. And through that life changing that people see in me, you know, also create a platform for others to follow. And um, it has, you know, transform my life in diverse ways. In fact, uh, for me being a leader today mm-hmm. as a, a Christ Evangelical Lutheran Church of Sierra Leone leader, it takes God's time. Yes. It is God's doing. It is not something that I was even thinking about, but as the Word of God says, the Word of God is active living, sharper than a double sword, you know, Mm-hmm. Why I was in this ministry, literacy ministry, through what God is doing in my life, you know, I was called to be a servant for these people. And that is why I keep literacy as a front picture of my ministry. It is a picture, it is a placard for my ministry, literacy, because through literacy, many things are happening in my life personally. I have been in so many places through literacy, and I have, you know, get a lot of understanding about God's world through literacy. You know, even in my seminary studies, it helps me greatly. Yeah. When I was in the seminary at the, the College of Theology and Church Training Center in Freetown, some of the things that they you sent to me as a assignment through reading my own local language, it helped me, you know, when I understand God's word in my own local language, for me to write it in English is something very simple. And that has helped me to get some good records, to get some diplomas that I don't have problem much about today. So literacy or God's word has transformed my life in diverse ways. So I just give God the glory of what he's doing through me. Amen. And besides the literacy program, and you're the president of the church, I also understand that you have a radio program. Tell us about the radio program. Okay. Yeah, the radio program it was something that I actually uh, eager, but I was praying about it many years ago. Mm-hmm. Radio program is a program that also helps, because when I look at our road conditions, I look at the distances we have for us, to reach these people, 
become very, very difficult. Yeah. And my passion today is to reach God's world to rural communities where people are not able to reach. We have communities that are not much able. So I had a vision or I had a desire. How can I take this God's world to these people? How mm. can I communicate God's world to these people? Yeah. That was my burning desire. And fortunately for me, they established a radio program in my area. We have a radio, Camway Agriculture Radio. Okay. And I go and talk with the you know, manager and I explained my desire. And then he welcomed the idea. And I started teaching people, even though I don't have much money to give, but with a little, they accepted. You know, I started preaching, telling people God's word, take some of our, you know, Lutheran materials, like or justification, teach people about justification, teach people what God's world is. And, uh, you know, people started growing interest into that also. And today, as I'm speaking, uh, every Friday I'll be on air okay. teaching people about God's world. Teaching, and a lot of churches have joined me now. In fact, uh, through that, churches, you know, come together. They say, okay, let's have radio program. So let's let John alone don't go over radio now. Yeah. Every one of us want to go over radio and preach as well. Glory be to God, because that <laughs> is why. That's great. What are some things you think that Christians in the USA can learn from Christians in Sierra Leone? Yeah, it was a bit tough questions for me, <laughs> but I tried to work on it. You know, one of the things I want the Christians in the U.S. to understand or to learn from us is that uh, they should learn that God's world does not mean when someone uh, gets higher education, then he knows about God. Okay. It's not that when someone is uh, rich, then the person knows God. Yeah. The word of God is just natural, is a gift which God has entrusted in our care. Yes. So let them see, let them learn that they should use local people to preach God's word. They should use people that they are thinking that they are not, you know, somehow noble people. These are people that God wants to make use of. You know, I want to take this to the story of Peter. When we look at the 12 disciples, one of mm-hmm. them was Peter. Yeah. Peter was not educated. Sure. This is what I want the American brothers to learn. Peter was not a PhD holder. Yeah. Neither was he a master's holder, but God used him. So if God can use a fisherman, for us here we call them hunters. Mm-hmm. What about the local people? What about the marginalized people? What about the marginalized communities in the U.S.? What are we doing about them? That is why for us here, we go to lo- rural communities. You know, we do not only focus our attention on urban ministries, yeah. but we focus our attention in rural communities. So I actually want them to learn that from us, that God's world is not all about being in urban area. Let's go to rural communities. Let's move to people to marginalize 
to unseen people. Let's see them. These are some of the things because I am not seeing that happening in the U.S. I don't know. I'm not in the U.S., but that's sure. how I look at it. Yeah, definitely ministry to the marginalized, to the the rural, to the local, that Christianity is not a matter of degrees and, and education, but a matter of the heart and God working in the heart through his word. Yeah. Well said. What scripture verse do you have to encourage our listeners? Yes, I have a scripture verse that um, I always share with my people here, and I want to share that also with my listeners. Okay. That is Isaiah 40:31 says, But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Amen. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. Mr. President, how can we pray for you in your work in Sierra Leone? Well, I actually want you people to pray for me for the work in Sierra Leone because over the years, the ministry in Sierra Leone was crippling. Mm-hmm. And uh, God has done it, you know, to bring this um, leadership in place. We want to pray that God will enable our partners to see the need of spreading God's word in this country as a country that is dominated by Muslims. Mm -hmm. That is why my prayer is that God should help us to finish our seminary so that we get more instructors to actually recruit more soldiers for God's work because this country is dominated by Muslims and we want to penetrate them. But we can't do that when we do not have the manpower. Okay. So we actually need prayer so that God will help us to build this seminary, to build more men. And God also should help us, you know, actually to, to create more rooms for us to preach God's word. Amen. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. So we will join in praying for the Lord of the harvest to raise up workers and resources for the ongoing ministry in Sierra Leone. We have been talking with uh, President John Bunda, president of the Christ Evangelical Lutheran Church in Sierra Leone and literacy coordinator with the Institute for Sierra Leonean Languages. Thank you so much for spending time with us today, Pastor Bunda. Thank you. Thank you. Our thanks to President John Boondoff for being on the podcast today to talk about literacy work and the spread of the gospel in Sierra Leone. We invite you to save the date for LBT Giving Tuesday 2020 on December 1st. Go to lbt.org slash givingtuesday or follow us on any of our social media channels to see some of the great prizes and opportunities to get involved, to collaborate and rally around this important work, and to raise $45,000 for literacy work in Sierra Leone. That's lbt.org slash givingtuesday or Lutheran Bible Translators on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Thank you for listening to the Essentially Translatable podcast brought to you by Lutheran Bible Translators. Look for past episodes of the podcast at lbt.org slash podcast or find us and leave a good rating on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow Lutheran Bible Translators' social media channels on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or go to lbt.org 
to find out how you can get involved in the Bible translation movement and put God's Word in their hands. The Essentially Translatable podcast is edited and produced by Andrew Olson and distributed by Sarah Lyons. Technical support for this episode was provided by David Federwitz. Executive producer is Amy Gertz. Podcast artwork designed by Caleb Rodewald. Music written and performed by Rob Veit. I'm Rich Rodowski. So long for now. Thank you.